folks. Welcome back to What's Trainwreck Watching. It's me, Maniac, and we have another episode. We are underway with Loki on Disney+. And this second episode, it wasn't messing around, folks. With only six in the season, we are off to the races. So let's bring in our top analysts, our panel here. We've got the Micah Man and Casali Files joining me. Gentlemen, happy hump day. How are we doing? What's going on? Man, doing well, doing well. This episode was fire, as you said, it, Maniac. I, I feel like this was just a great episode, too. I mean, the first one, obviously, last week was a good introduction. We got to know the characters, what Loki was up to, the whole world. But this one brought you right into the story. And without giving anything away, I was very pleased. Mm. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you you said it perfectly there, Sally. Like it, it right into it. Like it, it picked up exactly where it left off, and just, I mean, man, gave us, gave us a lot to think about going forward too. Um, it definitely didn't, didn't. Uh, Absolutely, it wasn't a filler episode. That's for sure, <laughs> not in the slightest. I would say that the pilot episode was kind of like leaving your house, getting ready to go on a trip, and this was merging onto the thoroughfares. This was merging onto the highways because <laughs> things are speeding up. We were talking a week ago. How is this only going to be six episodes? But they've made it clear. Last week, they have Loki running around the TVA, causing all kinds of trouble, and he's already kind of into his role this week. Mm -hmm. As a detective, yeah. he's helping our guy Mobius. I love these storylines early in the episode. Again, we'll be getting into some spoilers here momentarily, so don't worry about that. But for the first couple minutes, we'll just gloss over some of the broad strokes. Uh, I love the interaction with Miss Minutes, asking if she was real or, like, in the <laughs> moment, all that stuff. And, yeah, Loki himself, it was just kind of like, Mobius feeling him out, the variant on the back of the jacket, just all funny stuff and all stuff that Marvel just tends to do when they knock it out of the park. Every little thing just seems to be done right. Absolutely. And I think the beauty about this episode, too, is also just to show the pure, I wouldn't even say chaos, but just how big this world is and how different you can get with it. You know, I mean, with all the movies and how, you know, different storylines progress. You know, just how weird where you got weird with Guardians and even Thor Ragnarok and all that stuff. Just to show, like, how much story there is to tell. And it's it's something fresh every everywhere you go. Yeah, I, I, we'll touch on that later once we get more into the spoilers, too. But the, the world, you can see, like, the world building that's been going on mm -hmm. through these shows. And Loki is really, like, taking that and accelerating it, like, into what at least planting the seeds for what we kind of should expect going forward um, in the MCU as a whole. And I don't think we, I think that we've kind of anticipated this with these shows that they'd kind of take such a huge role in, in telling and framing that story. But Loki is, it's really up in that level up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you guys about this before we get into the spoilers and the obvious things that happened in the episode. This episode, this show is kind of like Loki itself. It leads you to think that one storyline's happening or that something is happening, and it kind of swerves on you. It's done that a couple of times in the first two episodes. And I guess let's go ahead. Let's get into some uh, spoilers. The first one I want to get in here, we, they, we have our first mission with Mobius and Loki. They're going out on the road, and we see the first real interaction and the first time that Mobius is breaking down Loki uh, since their initial you know, interaction in that elevator. And, and he reads them like a book, boys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even the whole line where he, he just called him out right there that he knew, come on, you thought you didn't like to talk, Loki? You thought you just wanted to be quiet? Where this episode, I feel like he just couldn't stop. He was really going back to his old ways. 
Well, and yeah, bro, like you, you could see the wheels turning just the whole time, right? Like last like last week it was kind of just him getting smacked in the face with the realization that yeah, like yeah. what the TVA was and like the kind of world that he was living in. And now he's like, okay, like how can I make this work to my advantage? And he's trying all the little tricks, whatever he can do. Absolutely. I mean, and, let's let's even face it too. I'm sorry, Maniac, but how you know, Loki, you know, kind of like what we talked about last week. Loki perceived, you know, he, he had an idea of what his world was, the world he lived in, and how he wanted to be ruler. And then, I mean, throughout this just two episodes, it clearly shows that Loki is out of his element, out of his game. He had no idea what to expect. And that's not even to mention what happened to Loki in real time. But, I mean, just these two episodes. I mean, he's just, he can't even believe what's going on in the TVA, you know? Like, just how powerful these people are yep and speaking of which that was kind of how we ended last episode with loki's realization that the tva was this universe was this power within uh all the galaxies all the realms so let's get into the spoilers here we have their first uh you know loki kind of we see the wheels turning in loki's head exactly like you guys say and it's all about finding his way to these timekeepers we haven't seen them they've been on screen twice in the form of those miss minutes videos now we will get into a little spoiler speculation because I was just looking at some comments and everything. Uh, and someone told mm -hmm. me that, you know, we keep seeing these three timekeepers. Someone told me a little Kang the Conqueror amongst one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that also... One of these space lizards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, kind of bringing it back to just, I mean, there has been so much creatures and monsters throughout this universe and the mcu in general that's actually that's pretty exciting to i mean who'd have thought thanos would have worked on screen and they proved it so to even go into depth with timekeepers king the conqueror is actually pretty interesting too because there actually has been talks and i believe he's gonna be worked into when eventually they work in, on uh, ant-man 3 i believe he actually yeah. got a cast too so, yeah, Ant Man Three is going to be Kang versus Lang, so you got to yeah. be on the lookout for this guy. You don't know where else he's coming in. Yeah, so I mean, it just it just goes to show like how you know how left to the center can it go? It's not your average comic book story, comic book movie. I mean, and real quick, I want to get your thoughts on this, Jake, because Sally brings up a great point. You know, Marvel loves kind of seeing what they can do, how they react. And my take on it is, since they brought out Guardians in 2014. The more they stretch into space, the more they stretch into these realms, these things like this, the fans love it. There's all kinds of depth. There's all kinds of background there. And if you're telling a story, there's nothing better than just depth, background, and things making sense. That's all you can ask for. And Marvel continues to do it in spades as far as I'm concerned. But I was wondering your thoughts. Well, that's the thing, right? Like the the biggest pull with Mar with Marvel right now, with what they've been doing with all the space stones now and going forward with this, is that it's it's sci-fi movies that work because they have so much source material to pull off of. Like they're not just pulling this shit out of thin air for these movies. Like yeah. there's years and years and years of history that they can just go off of and build these stories out of, however they feel like. So yeah, I think I think it's just because they can do it so well, they have so much to pull off of that it it comes across authentic because it is authentic like it's it's not it's not anything that they're trying to convolute and put together um i will yes i'm pretty sure that kang is the kang is you were right there excel he's already cast in ant-man so we should be hearing from him soon and my question about these timekeepers is i i'm i've begun to start questioning the tva's uh yeah. Yep. What, what their intentions really are 
Yeah. You know, like there is a story that we can go back into this very deep, but it, it involves Wanda as well with one of the timekeepers. Um, I believe his name is Amortis, who is who actually created Kang. So there's that. There's a whole convoluted little bit of connection there. But <laughs> Wanda, that is a story of Amortis being sent to destroy Wanda because of the things that she has the ability to do to the timeline by the by this group of timekeepers that wasn't actually, you know, trying to keep a sacred timeline together. So just reading into that and seeing that, you know, the TVA is not a well-functioning organization, as we can see. There's a lot of dissension inside, a lot of questioning each other. And what are yeah, what yeah. are we what's really behind these guys? Like is there is there something that they're really not, you know, explaining obviously to Loki, they don't want to share all the cards with him they show he tried to get all this information and everything that he asked for was classified except basically you know that one little file in that whole ass library uh, on the, himself uh, the, the file yeah, on, on himself was the only yeah. thing that wasn't <laughs> so i mean we we can't leave these tigers though because you hit the nail on the head it went from the beginning of this episode you have you have loki working he's clearly trying to infiltrate the organization but just the more you learn about it, you're talking with the judge in the back room. You got the multiple rings on the table. Like, are there other Mobiuses? Like, I know he says there's other agents, but are there literally other Mobiuses maybe that she's working with? There's all kinds of things. But the thing that stood out the most was Mobius's offhand comment. They almost snuck it in that he's never met the timekeepers. So he's dangling it in front of Loki. He's never even met them himself. Let me just say that seemed like a huge, like, chip in the armor for sure for that for this whole timekeepers thing. I think there's definitely something more there that meets the eye, Casali. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because even the whole TVA itself, you know, it's just, it's such a different, I mean, obviously this was said before that it's such a new world for Loki, but I mean, in general, as far as storytelling, I mean, the fact that this is a place that can control time and, you know, different variants can be influenced by it and like, it's up to them. Like, they could do whatever they want, you know. And obviously their whole goal is to try and make sure the timeline is secure and, and it doesn't differ off into different variants as what the whole theme has been. So, I mean, you know, that it, that kind of power, you know, can only do, you know, it, that's the ultimate power. I mean, it, it, it scared Loki in the first episode. I mean, these guys have thousands of Infinity Stones. So even as the audience within the MCU, like... All the movies building up to the show was based upon these Infinity Stones. And we only thought, like, I mean, in Infinity War, Doctor Strange literally explained that these, you know, stones were what, you know, ha you know they, they exploded into different parts of the universe. That was the Big Bang. And that's what started everything. So the fact that, I mean, you know, that's a little piece in this whole entire story is just pretty telling how, how big this is. No doubt. It's obviously leading to bigger things as well. So obviously we kind of transform there. So the first couple, 10 to 15 minutes, Loki's kind of still being himself, trying to work his way up the TVA. When he realizes that if he doesn't help find this Loki variant soon, that he might not, he might get uh, pruned before uh, breakfast time. Yeah. So they lead it, they're on the track, and he finds that basically this guy is hiding in Armageddon type uh, doomsday situation. So kind of unbelievable. We get to go to Pompeii, you know, again, spoiler for you, confirming their mission. And during this all, I, I think it goes without saying, the chemistry between Wilson and Hiddleston is just unbelievable. Oh, yeah, uh, It's definitely like a buddy cop slash catch me if you can vibe for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you're definitely seeing Hanks and DiCaprio there uh, in evidence. But let's start to get down to the implications at the end of the episode. Last week, they hit us with a huge bombshell. 
It's a Loki variant running around. This time, we finally catch up with this Loki variant. 38 years into the future, there were a lot of climate uh, references in their potential. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a little heavy. Uh, it didn't have to put it that many, but I guess maybe they're trying to send a message. With that said, the Loki variant, Floki. Female Loki. So we get some nice interaction where we see uh, like the Loki person basically infiltrating other personas, uh, holding one hostage. We also get in this mission. So this mission's in basically a uh, a Rexmart or something, or a Roxmart, something Rocks like that. Roxmart. Yeah. Okay, I was close, but uh, <laughs> they're running through it. Two major takeaways from the uh, thing. Obviously, we had this fake Loki, and the most important thing is that the one minute. Uh, is it a minute woman? If she's a woman, uh, told fake Loki how to get to the timekeepers. Was that what was that? What was it? What happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that was a thing when that the lady that, I mean, it was one of their missions before, before Owen Wilson tapped Loki to be like, all right, now we got to work. Um, it, it seemed like that something influenced uh, her and and was able to get information that she wasn't supposed to give to uh, whoever this this uh, enemy is for us. I mean, even the fact too, like going into some spoilers of what I mean was shown. Like even when Loki was trying to, you know, find when they were in the Rex Mart and going through how you know she was able to manipulate anybody by just a tap, and you didn't even know who the you couldn't see who the body was. Because it just kept flowing. It was like a parasite, like a virus. It was just go flowing from character to character. So, like, even that, you know, like, Loki couldn't even do that. So, it's like, he really knows, like, oh, like, this, this means business. Yeah, so, this, <laughs> I think that we got a lot, they threw a lot at us right at the end of that, right? And with knowing that we, we're questioning the, the TVA's, um, we're questioning the TVA's kind of more or morals or what they're really trying to do here to begin with. And the fact that, you know, these timekeepers, you know, no, no, do they know where the, where the timekeeper or the, do the Minutemen actually know where the timekeepers are? Because Mobius didn't know. So like yeah. who is privy to this information? If he's never seen them, like who actually knows? And I'm assuming that, you know, when Loki runs into, into fake Loki here at the end, that that's where she's going, right? Like that's the portal that she's kind of trying to get into and and where her next place would be. We don't know that for sure. Obviously they've kind of figured out what the different hiding places they've been trying to do. I do have a theory though on who this fake Loki is. And I, I truly don't actually think that it's it's a Loki at all. Um, I will give credit to their uh, this Reddit from earlier because someone was watching this in other languages and found this little tidbit that the actress that was cast as the fake Loki or in this position, her name was listed as Sylvie in the credits. Now, Sylvie in the comics is Sylvie Lushton, who from a couple years ago in Avengers Dark Reign, there was a time period where Asgard was kind of floating over Oklahoma and that's where it existed. It was a little bit of a weird storyline. Um, but as we saw in the first episode, the, one of the first places they visited was a, a small city in Oklahoma and they ran into a little girl. In this, in this little scenario here, um, there's a character called Enchantress. She calls herself Amora of the Enchantress. Enchantress is a classic Asgardian um, from like the early 60s that is mentioned right away in Thor, but this is a different Enchantress. And the way that she is brought into it in, in Oklahoma is that Loki gives her the powers essentially of Loki 
um, everything that he can do just to kind of see what, see what he can do, see if he can create a mortal being out of his own image and see the chaos that they can cause. Um, so going forward, if that, and she's a blonde, she's blonde hair, the same look that she had that we just saw at the end of that episode, um, Lady Loki in most of, in most iterations has looked like Loki, but just a woman, black haired, traditional look. Um, so I think that this could be more than meets the eye. We still, uh, maybe we haven't even seen this Loki version and maybe this is, he's has this enchantress lady that he, you know, got a hold of when they went back to Oklahoma in one of these times that they showed us very early on and kind of was like, you know what, I need, they're, they're kind of catching up to me. I need to cover my tracks better and found a way to kind of infiltrate that and give somebody his powers as we've, as we talked about, you know, that, that early part in the episode, I can't remember those two terms. I know you had it set up, Maniac. The the differences between the projection. Yes, We're talking duplication, casting, <laughs> and illusion projection, baby. Exactly. I gotta say, and that was great. Talk about like getting your swagger back when, when Loki dried himself off going into uh you know the grocery store. That was just hilarious. Yeah. So Casali, lay it on us for uh, some final thoughts here. Are you buying uh are you buying the non-female Loki? Which sounds right. I think they definitely wanted you to see Asgardian in her with the uh, the headwear or, or the headdress, however you call it. Uh, but what were you seeing there in that final scene? And where where do you think maybe Loki's off to in that portal? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, Lady Loki, whatever it is. It, I, I mean, I'm all in. You know, like kind of <laughs> like before. I, you know, let me tell you something. I don't know that much about comics per se. You know, I, there's some things I know. But what I do know is they do those little runs where they do like Lady Loki, Lady Howard of the Duck, and you know, all that stuff. And then the MCU, they always kind of tamper with those storylines. And, you know, they don't go so by the book most of the time, half the time. You know, they they just they have fun with it and they bring whatever character works the best. So if this is Lady Loki or just some other variant, who knows? I mean, hell, I, I've seen even in WandaVision. I've seen people talk about Mephisto being, you know, a villain in the background <laughs> to the point where, to the point where, like, that was just like an ongoing joke on che Chekhov's, Chekhov's Mephisto, <laughs> you know, like, like stuff like that, which I remember when this trailer first dropped, there was that, uh, you know, when they went to the church and they saw the painting of, of the devil on, on the stained glass, people just thought, oh, that's Mephisto, Mephisto's behind everything, you know, because that's the, that's the other thing too. You know, we, we are trained, you know, by these storylines, like the movies, like in the first phases, the Infinity Saga, if you will, they all led to one thing. Like, they all had, like, little, like, you know, villains every now and then, but it all led to Thanos. And now, so everyone's trying to be like, well, Thanos is dead, so who's next? Like, what's going to be your next thing? So, you know, it's cool just to see that they're playing with the toys in the in the toy chest, you know? Like, they have all this stuff, especially now that they have Fox, you know? Disney, you know, owns Fox, and they could do really whatever they want. And I feel like that's what's cool, too, about what's what this whole new phase is leading into. I didn't really talk about this last week, but it gets me really excited. And I feel like this whole show has led into leading us to believe what the multiverse is and leading into different you know, timelines and all that stuff. Like, I mean, Endgame literally kind of introduced us to the multiverse, even when Hulk was talking to the Ancient One on top of Avengers Tower. So I feel like that's what this whole thing is leading into, and, and that's, I mean, that's probably the easiest excuse they could get 
to get all these characters in and not have to really worry about too much backstory like the mutants and all that stuff. But again, I'm digressing. I mean, listen, no matter what, I'm all in. Lady Loki, whoever this is, it was just such a great villain. I mean, I, I just I can't wait to see more. This episode was so good, and it just lets me know that Marvel is not messing around. They never do, and I just I can't wait. I can't wait until next week. Last week, we were sitting down at the table, and this was a great appetizer for what is about to be a five-course meal. So this would be two, three, four, five, six, the first of five. We will be back next week with What's Trainwreck watching episode three, Loki. We are nearing the red line here. And, I mean, you said it yourself, though, Casali. A, a treasure chest of goodies for this Marvel. We got Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. We got uh, Scarlet or Scarlet, or, I'm sorry, Scarlet Witch. I'm saying Black Widow. We got yeah, Spider-Man. We got all of the above. It's going to be awesome. So just can't wait to see what Marvel does next. Make sure you're tuning in, subscribing on YouTube. Follow along at Casali Files at Jake Micah 15 Let's get it done. And it's all about next week's 